It's time for another edition of Riders Up, and we have a very special guest to interview today. We're very excited to have Umberto Rispoli join us. You got to get that name right for us, for us Italians. Come on, we got to get that name right always. This is a guy who was so fun to, to really look up because we all know uh, the name that we've seen him in the, the past performances. We, we'd see the name in the programs when we're betting on him, but just the places that Umberto has been to ride races – Italy, France, Hong Kong, England, the Czech Republic, Germany. I tried to find out exactly how many. I think you're around 1,500 right now when it's all said and done all over the place, if that sounds about right. So it could Alberto, be, yeah. How are you doing, buddy? Thanks for hanging out with us here. Hi, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, every good. everything is fine. Everything good. So real quick, before we even get any specifics, you're in the news as of late because you've been doing such a great job in Southern California for the last few years. You've always been one of the top riders out here really from right away. But uh, the news that we heard is that you're going to be making a, a change coming up soon. You're going to be moving around and, uh, and doing some riding elsewhere. Tell us a little bit about that and, and kind of what led to that decision. Um, well, um, obviously, you know, I, the first time I end up in California um, is supposed to be just for winter. Yeah. Uh, when I first came, I started to work with uh, with uh, Ron Anderson, and uh, uh, the plan was to move into Kentucky later, um, having a couple of years probably in Kentucky, and then um, go to New York, going to to New York for for, for the rest of the the career. Um, as everybody know, um, things had to change because uh, Ron had the opportunity to work with uh, an Hall of Fame like John Velasquez and. Uh, um, he take that decision, then he would go to New York, have working with Johnny and and uh, Joel, then he was ready in his his rider. And uh, well, at that point, um, for me, it was difficult to move around with my wife, my son, mm-hmm. um, to to go to Kentucky, so to jump in a new adventure without the, without the guy that brings me brings me here. So um, I take the decision to to stay here. Uh, I was doing pretty well, and yeah. um, I was pretty confident to do well at Delmar. So that's what happened on the first my 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 first Delmar meet. Um, it was uh, it was an amazing it was an amazing meet. I would never believe it, and um, I couldn't achieve a forty nine winners. Yeah. And <laughs> but right there, Flavian, all, yeah, yeah. batting with Flavian uh, all the all the all the meet, and well, I got I got beat by by a winner. Uh, but for me, it was already um, a successful, uh, a successful meet, and um, and as I said, I never, I never, I never lose. I just, oh, I win or I learn, you know. Yep. So, um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you said that because I, I'm obviously I live in Lexington, Kentucky. We talked about that. I'm a big Kentucky basketball fan, and one thing John Calipari always says about his teams: we don't lose. We either win or we learn. So it was really interesting to see that quote come from you as well. I like it a lot. Well, so it's let, all even for, for for yourself. You know, you don't lose. It's not, it's not a word that everybody like to to hear. Almost for an uh, individual sport like we does. And uh, well, after you know, I decided to stay. I mean, I was keep doing pretty well. And uh, I'll say probably after the Breeders' Cup, uh, I was pretty confident to do to do pretty well for for the winter uh, here for the new season of Santa Anita. Um, things that didn't go in the way I was expecting. Um, and um, this opportunity come up after the, Breeders, after the Breeders' Cup. And, um, you know, I was already pointed to go in that direction. And, mm. um, and that's it. So yeah. I take, I take the, this, this chance. I'll see, I'll see how it works. I'm very excited because I know on the East Coast, the, we, we have a, 
some very good riders, some yeah. very good trainers, a, a lot of big stables and a lot of opportunities. And probably, you know, uh, Gino, as you know, you are here in California, that the fact that we have that five race field. Bigger fields, uh, more mounts for you. Six, right? Six or seven, you know, before before the entries you're going, before the overnights you go to have a six or seven and you end up on two or three because most of the races, they couldn't fill that up. And so. then in those six or seven horse fields, unfortunately, a lot of times there are horses that are just kind of put into fill. So now there are, aren't, a couple of those horses aren't even really live in and those let's, races. Let's, let's be honest. I think, uh, um, let's be honest too. I think Flavian is riding his best in the, from the last two years right now so Absolutely. he deserves to be on the best horse um no doubt about that but you know uh, for a guy like me then uh, i'm a, i like challengers i like them i know then uh, if i'm on a live horse i can do i can do my best um i was a feeling that then i was going to get up lost you know a yep. little bit by mm -hmm. by the trainers and uh uh but still uh, an amount of trainers then you know give me a very high support uh, but at this point of your career, uh, you have to make a decision. I mean, if yep. I was, uh, I would do that probably 10 years ago, I'll stay and keep pushing. Um, I'm going to be 34 this year. So it's, it's, I'm not old, but you know, it's pretty important age for a <laughs> yeah. for a rider. Yeah. Um, as we go year by year, uh, it's, it's never easy. You can't really plan your life. Um, the last time I, I move, my wife said, do you think it's going to be the last place we're going to be? I said, probably. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not. So we're going yeah. to New York. So, uh, but as I said, you know, I'm very, I'm very excited. I, I really, um, I'm really into it. I'm really into it. So let's go back in time a little bit, because with horse racing, it's always uh, very interesting to us. To, how do you get into it, right? For most people, it's maybe this their family. Like, what leads you to riding horses at a young age? Exactly, exactly what just you said. My dad was a my dad was a rider. Uh, the uncle of my father, he was a jockey back in his days. Then he became a trainer. My dad, after he retired, uh, he'd been a trainer for a little bit. And we all we always have been in a, in a horse racing industry. Um, I remember I was, um, I come from pretty um, funny neighborhood in Napoli, uh, which it's it's impossible to be a jockey from where I came from. Um, <laughs> actually, there is a very nice series called Gomorrah, um, where they, um, it's, it's, it's it become very famous, uh, this series now on, um, I think it's on uh, Amazon Prime or, or HBO, uh -huh. actually. It's yeah. on HBO. Yep. Um, so that's where I come from. It's exactly oh, cool. that building. I grew up in the wow. right buildings there. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, from that, that place to be a jockey, it's, it's totally impossible, but I, I'm glad then I had a fam such a strong family behind me. My dad, my mom, they were always behind me. Um, my, my brother is not a rider, but he, he always getting, he, gets involved in the horse racing back when I when I starting but he never he never make it to be a jockey because it was not really his plan um but yeah I mean I came from a horse racing family and that's when I was young my dad used to bring me at the track and let's be honest if you don't love the animal you can't be a rider no. you have to love right to be a jockey. yeah exactly and so with dad obviously helping you out a lot probably someone who was able to be uh 
literally a mentor on the, on the track when you're riding and, and show you what to do. But Brian was kind of asking you a story that I'm sure he wants to pick a, a pick apart a little bit more in a minute, but who were some of the people really early on, maybe other than dad uh, that got you started? You can mention some people in Italy and then we'll talk about some people over here. Cause you rode your first race is actually in Italy, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, from day one, I knew it, and that was my that was my journey. That's what I, I want to do since uh, since I was a kid. Um, I tried to play soccer for uh, eight years. Uh, I was a big fan of soccer. Uh, but going towards when I reached twelve years old, there was this these guys, and they was very very <laughs> tall, and I was like, so little. And then you know I was running fast and making you going slower. They just get into your legs, so. I say no. Nah. I was doing just that for hobby, but I knew then uh, my 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 occupation was to be a to be a jockey. So my dream us, was to be a jockey. Tell us some of the maybe the trainers right off the bat, um, people who gave you opportunities, who sort of got you set on your path. And Brian will, will ask about a story that he read too when we were doing some investigating. Well, I I'm I'm glad because I think uh, when I, when I start this business, I mean this 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 work this job, um, I've been working for some of the really famous trainers in Italy. Uh, the first one, uh, I remember I was 14 years old, I finished my high school and I went live to Rome to, by myself without my dad, without my mom. Wow. And I went to work for one of the oldest and famous trainer we have in Italy, which he won uh, uh, the Prix de Triomphe in 1988 when I born. Uh, a horse called Tony Bean. His name is Luigi Camici. Wow. And um, I was work for him, for his son. So I, I learned a lot from them. And uh, once I start my school, then I move around from some little, little uh, trainers. Then, you know, you always learn something wherever you go. Yeah. And after then I do my um, racing school, uh, I went to Milan, which I was really not happy to go there because uh, where, where this trainer, they will send it to me. It was, he had a pretty funny reputation where it could be pretty hard with the apprentice <laughs> and as my character i was naughty very naughty when i was young um, i say no i can't go there i say <laughs> i say no i say i quit the school so i was ready to quit the school i said oh, you change my destination or i will know i will not keep going I say no you have to go there if you want to be a rider that's the only guy can make you straight you know sometimes <laughs> horses for horses use blinkers Yep. For jockeys, you need you need that that type. You of need training. that coach, right? You need that <laughs> exactly. person to get. You. <laughs> and today, I can tell you. Then uh, I'm glad. Then I went there because if I'm talking to you today, guys, it's it's because uh, it, I think it's because of him. Wow. So Brian. So yeah, and I and I don't want to butcher his, his last name. I'm not Italian. I don't have a bit of Italian in me. But is his last name Botti? Yes, his name is Alduino Botti and his brother Giuseppe. They are two brothers, uh, okay. which they have, uh, they involve in the horse racing forever, uh, generation and generation from um, them grandparents, uh, from them dad. And then they um, they tragically lost their, uh, them dad in a, in a car accident when they was mm. young. Alduino was 21, I think. And... They had is uh, the dad had at that time probably I would not say um, over 80 horses in the barn, and they look at each other. Alduino was a flat rider, his brother was a jump rider, former jump rider. So they decide to quit them career and become a trainer so younger. And they've been the top trainer in Italy for the last 
I'll say the last 50 years. They 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 win everything. They was the best for for me for from what I can tell you. I I will related them in the top top 10 in the world as a trainers because awesome. you know it's not something then you learn. They looks like you know when you born and you you are just born to to do that. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what I I classify them and I learned so many things there. Alduino was at the hands. Giuseppe was the brain. So you know, Giuseppe was able to hit me with the words. Alduino has to use his skills. With okay, okay. So let's get into this story a little bit. Yeah. So, so the hands. Uh, he he puts you on a horse. I, I guess from what I I could tell was a pretty heavy favorite that day, and and was supposed to win by many, and uh, and uh, young Umberto takes the horse out of the gate and just says, I'm tearing the plans up. I'm going to the front. And you you actually hung on and won the race, barely. Yes. And then I'm going to let you take it from there. Okay, so you say everything correct. Um, <laughs> the, the only things you miss it, it's a behind the gate. Uh, there was a, a rider, uh, former by them. Then he, was, he went sucked just a couple of months before. So, because they take me as a first rider. <laughs> so there was some some uh, emotions. Okay. So yeah. the guy wants wants. I mean, I didn't have nothing against him. You know, that's the business. You know, I've yeah. been sacked by many people to put um, some other joggies on it. You know, and it was in the guys was a claiming twenty thousand. It was the worst horses at that time, right? And I was unbeatable, really unbeatable, and he, he just going behind the gate. He look at me say. I'm gonna smash you and and your horse for for the first five furlong. I'm gonna take you out. And the race was a mile. I said, okay, let let's do this. So we go like match racing, match racing from the gate until the five. And we took twenty lengths in, in front of the others. Was on the dirt. Okay, so going to the five, his horse just quit. He was a tired. He was jogging, not even galloping anymore. He was jogging. So and I was. Leading, my horse was tired. I was floating left and right, and I got saved by the wire by this much. <laughs> so once I come back, I saw right away that something was going to be wrong. <laughs> so something was wrong with him. So he had this habit once you take off the the girth from the horses, the first things you get was a slap behind your helmet right away. So and I was nothing comes on, and I said okay. So I took off the saddle, grabbed the saddle, go make the weight in, and he was just walking next to me. And he goes, I actually I tell him, I said, remember, I say, I almost get beat. And he goes, <laughs> No, you rode the perfect race I haven't seen to ride for a rider by years. I said, That didn't sound good. I said, No, I can't trust him. So walking to the jock room, he walk ahead of me. So we're walking through and you know, uh, we had this type of doors like the saloon. You push the door, okay? Mm -hmm. So he opens the door. He walks into the jock's room ahead of me, and I knew it. Then he was going to grab me because he won't just kill me. So what did I do? I I had the saddle in the hands. I threw the saddle on the table to the valet, and at the time he was uh, trying to <coughs> turns out and smashing my face like that. I I keep the door with me, so the guy hit the door. <laughs> It could be the worst things I could do it. <laughs> so at that time, that 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 track, the jocks room is downstairs. So there was a ten stairs going down. I jumped through. I like I jumped ten stairs going down, 
in a running and he was running behind me yelling like i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna kill you so i locked up myself in a toilet there was the only room with the keys get away because everything was open so that's a true story guys i'm, I'm not saying any, i no. swear <laughs> on my kids it's a true story <laughs> I, i've read it like keep going with it because it, it's not near over yet so he keeps punching the door and he say, open the door, I'm going to kill you. And from the other side, I'll say, you think you till you say, you, I'm going to kill you. You think I'm going to open the door? No, no chances. I'm not going to open the door. <laughs> so for 10 minutes, I was locked up in a toilet and I have to ride the next race. So smoothly, I opened the door. After 10 minutes, I didn't see any, I didn't hear anything. So I opened like, it's, it's like a movie. You know, I was like, yeah. something like that. If it was around, walking on the, on the toes. So come back up in the jock's room and making the weight. He was hiding himself in the toilet in the main jocks room. Waiting for you. Yes. So when I saw him, I was trying to run again to the door. And there was an older former jockey called Max Tellini. He was one of the best riders we had at that time. He said, where do you want to go? And he pushed me with the shoulder <coughs> and he threw me in the corner of the toilet. <laughs> so he come towards me and I'm on the dead that that room so like i'm in the corner i can't go nowhere and he look at me and say and now and i say and now it's like rocky and apollo creek go and i just go like that and he start to just excuse me my friend i have to use this belt the shit out of me yeah you're fine no but, you can say whatever you want on this podcast <laughs> but, no no i try to be but that's what really happened and wow. I was trying to laugh, him, making me laugh. I said, you're going to hurt me. I said, I'm going to eat. Your dad didn't kill you. I'm going to kill you. Oh, my God. And he really gives me. Just. I say, Ooh. once he was done, so I say, I'm not going to come home with you because at that stage, I didn't have knowing my drive license. He used to drive me at races. Oh, yeah. You, you so guys. I say, no chances. I say, I have a lift with another rider. I say, I'm not going to come home with you. He said, don't worry. I'm going to catch you again tomorrow morning. So. Going to the, the day after, I totally forget about that. You know, like I say, okay, he gives me last night. I say, he's not going to keep going today. So 5.30 in the morning, I walk to the barn and I was going to make ready my horse to ride my first lot with the others. Here we come, the, 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 the ladies who's working for him in the office say, Umberto, just come by the office. I have something for you. But he tells her to tell me that. Yep. He was waiting myself in the office. And I didn't see his car because he parked the car behind the office to make sure that I, I knew it and he wasn't there. Oh, my God. They so, got you all set up. <laughs> you know, as, as a smart and a clever I could be when I was a kid, it was 5 o'clock in the morning. Last race was at midnight. And, uh, you know, I was You're not paying attention. Tired. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. So I opened the door <laughs> and then I go, I go, shit. So it was, I'm on the phone, close the door, close the door. So I'm on the phone. Okay, you can just say hello, please. Should see you on live. You can say hello. Say hello. Say hello. That's you. Bye. How old is the little one? He's a five. He's going to be five this year. Cool. Yeah, okay. I'll see you later, Papa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. You show me later, okay? Good boy. He's coming. So that's 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 what happened. Um <laughs> I open the door and he grabs my hands and he pulls me in and he he said, What are you gonna do now? The first things I remember he had these windows up into the office 
kind of like in the jail, you know, like with a crossbar like that. They have bars, yeah. So I step on his desk and I jump on the window and I grab myself like that. <laughs> I swear. And he was look at me, say, come down. And I go, <laughs> and he goes, come down. He said, you're going to get tired. I say, you two, to, to asking me to come down. And I say, I came down only if you don't touch me and you make a coffee for me. You know, I was trying to make him laughing. Yeah. And he said, no. So we battling for and coffee. Sorry. hands up. That is great. That is great. Yeah, I, thank you so much for telling that. I read it and I like it's even better hearing it out of your mouth. Like and you're a great wild. storyteller too. You are. I like yes. very well, enthusiastic you know, and passionate. When, when when the story you read, uh, Brian goes up into the newspaper, he calls me from Italy because somebody translates for him. And he goes, Are you serious? I say, Why? I say, Are you really saying the newspaper what what happened that day? I say, Why? I shouldn't. I say, that's history. So <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of funny, and, and why that story struck home to me so much. My grandfather used to ride. Uh, he started off at the fairgrounds when he was 14 years old. So, mm -hmm. you know, he ended up settling here in Kentucky and became a trainer. And uh, I used to get to go to the races with him whenever he had one in. And, and we okay. had one in at Ellis Park one day. And uh, we, we had this horse. He, he may not have, he kind of, he kind of run a little funny. You know, he's a cheap claimer. They don't yeah. all run like Cadillacs. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so this riders rode, rode this horse a hundred times, went a bunch on him. The head of the lane, we're blowing by everybody in a hand rod. This is going to be just cruising. And he yanks this horse up. He comes back and he, my, my grandfather's name's Charles. He said, Charlie, the, the horse took a funny step. And my, my grandfather was not having that. He's like, he, he said some very choice words. GD, Jack, you've ridden this horse a hundred times. He always takes funny steps. You jerk that horse. Never ride him again. And he checked. Now, remember, I'm eight years old with him. And I'm chasing him, chasing Jack Nagel into the lock, into the jocks room at eight years old. And he's fist fighting Jack Nagel in the jocks room. And I'm I'm standing there. I'm eight years old. I have no idea what's gonna happen. You know, it was True. wild. The blood gets <laughs> boiling out on the racetrack. It really does. Oh, there is so, so many stories. So many stories. We're so lucky to have uh, Umberto Rispoli here with us as we uh, talk through the amazing career that he's had. So, what type of like nowadays? I'm always curious. What is a typical day for you like out in Southern California? Like, let's say on a racing day right now. Um, what do you do? Like, what's your morning schedule like? And then a little bit of time off. You come back uh, to to the track and you have a couple mounts or what's your work? I'm curious. Um, are you able to go to the gym and work out or can you just run? Um, everyone's got a little different schedule. What's yours like? Well, it's always like how are you treat yourself during the week. Uh, it's very important for the weight. Um, basically, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I was not really gym guy. Like I like to, to run outside. I like to run, just run, you know, the soccer guy, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, because after, you know, when you work too much at the gym probably goes up into your mind and you don't really, I, I mean, I was not feeling comfortable. Uh, I just take back the gym, um, 
because I really want to um, set it up on my weight again. And, uh, you know, I would like to be ready to go to New York as the, the weight are very light there. And I want to be physically prepared and, uh, you know, um, in a good um, in good form. Uh, but yeah, basically my day is like, uh, you know, when there is no raising, um, I wake up right now, you know, my wife is pregnant, we're expecting the second baby. So I, I look after the kid. Congratulations. And thank you. Um, so I look after the kid and then I come back home and try to help her as much as I can. And then I went to the gym, I gym for one hour and then I boxing for 35, uh, 45 minutes. Then I went to the therapist, chiropractor, and also I like to do some, uh, um, uh, cryotherapy as well. So oh, nice. that's basically how my day goes. Um, but on the race day, when it's, when it's Friday, obviously, you know, you have horses to work in the morning, going towards the end of the weekend, you have always some horse to work. Um, so forget about the gym on that day. Uh, you work horses, I come back home. Um, I like to study my races the day before the racing. You know, at least I have my morning uh, more relaxing you know mm -hmm. i don't have to be stressed it's a cram that. and rush to get in yeah. there yeah. yeah yeah so i'm i'm i just i make my form on the day before just in case the day after is gonna is gonna change it or whatever but i'm already prepared on the horses i'm riding and who, who i have around and also you know you don't go away you have to at least go an hour of a sauna just you know just go into the hot box and losing some pounds and be ready for the races day one thing that i really like um uh, that you mentioned and i can tell it's important to you and, and anyone that I've talked to in Southern California and just asking about you and, and everything that I've read, everybody says that you are very prepared every time that you race because everyone has a different style. Some necessarily don't sit down and watch all the replays and, and dive into it, but you seem like someone who takes that preparation very seriously and it's a big part. So are, are you, do you dive into the form? Are you looking at replays? What's a little bit of like your prep work when you sort of know what your mounts are? You know, Place you go different are the ways you read the form because you know here I have a different way to read the form instead of when I was in Hong Kong or when I was in Europe you know yeah. um, it's totally different you know Hong Kong you have a handicap races every day so it's always it's always a question mark um, basically here you know as as I'm in in Southern California um, five six horse field you know the dirt yeah. it's not really tactical the best horse always which way different than a than a twenty horse field on the grass right exactly way yeah. different. Yeah, exactly. You know, you gotta you just start, be a lot more speedy out here. It's <laughs> the grass because obviously it's more tactical than, than you know, the, the dirt. It's all about speed and having a horse and going cruising, uh, cruising speed. And if you are on the outside, you're on the best post. But I mean, uh, you always give a give a look at it. Um, but yeah, I watch a, a lot of replays. Uh, replays. That's that's what I like. And yeah, uh, one thing I don't I don't really like it's when I when I walk to the paddock and some of trainers or owners, they say, oh, you know, the jockey give very bad rides to the horse master. I don't want to hear that. I say no. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. that's could have happened to me the previous race or could have happened to me right now. So it doesn't, yeah. I don't like you're talking pretty bad about my colleagues. You know, I, I don't like Yeah. That. If they want to give you a specific thing about the horse, right? Like, hey, this horse has this kind of, uh, maybe he doesn't like this, or maybe she doesn't like this, or maybe we want her to be more forwardly placed. That's fine. But like I said, bad ride is so subjective right it's like exactly you know for you could, what could be bad for you could be good for me so i mean it's right? a different way we see racing so um, and uh, to be honest with you um i don't really like to talk bad about my colleagues because as i said i said well if the guy probably make his decision he's thinking that that's the right decision then he was he is going to make it at that time and 
we don't have we have we have a left less than half second thinking where what which decision take it so um sometimes you make the right one sometimes you make the wrong one and that's happened for everybody and and i think and brian and i and talking to you and i know brian wants to mention this a little bit the one one thing that i love um in just seeing how you've been a little bit on social media and in con the short conversation we've had here is you love to talk about your mounts, talk about what happened, just be very out in the open and be very vocal about it. And I don't think we get enough of that in the U S compared to international races. Heck in some, uh, some countries and some jurisdictions, the riders get interviewed after every one of their mounts for real quick. And Hey, what happened? Tell us about the trip. And it's, I think it's better for the, for the betters and for the riders to sort of get to explain, here's what happened on my journey. And then the the betters can understand, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. They tried to go in, but they couldn't. I love when you do that. And when you explain it to people on social media, because as a gambler, that helps me so much. Well, um, you know, I've been in a place like Hong Kong, which if you have a chance one day, Gino, you go and you check on the Hong Kong Jockey Club, the, the website, they have the reports of yep. every single race day they make it. So, for example, if there is a there is a favorite in the race, which you run awful, could happen. The horse came led, the, the, the jockey makes a bad decision, the, the horses didn't add a... Uh, Went too fast early, right? That they just or whatever, you know, that race didn't yeah. set up yeah. well for him. The jockey just straight after the race is going to the steward's room. Steward's calling, questioning him, say, what happened? What do you think? Why you put down your hand? Did you feel anything wrong? Yeah. So for every single um, problem like that, let's say problem uh, like that, they question the rider, right? And at the end of the day, there is the main chief steward then he makes a report talking in front of the camera sometimes for an hour yep. reporting what every single race happened why they take That's the decision great. why they take down why the horse um the horse been sent to uh, being sent to the to the vet the vet check it out the horse is fine just bad performance that's it so you don't have yeah. to um uh, as I said, probably Hong Kong, you know, they have only Happy Valley and 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 the Shatin, so there is two tracks, which it's going to be more easy to make a report. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like United States has, you know, individual track, that's could be probably an idea, you know. Absolutely. Uh, even even you know, here in United States, you talk on the phone with the stewards. It's no other place in the world you talk on the phone. That's impossible. I know. You before they take you down, you walk into in the person. steward's room. Yeah. You walk into the steward's room with the other stewards, with the other riders, you share your opinion right there, and then they decide if you're gonna take you down or not, if there is chances to take you down, if there is a chance to leave it like that. You know, yeah. you see people in their eyes. That's a different. That's a different, you know. It is talking on the phone, sometimes I you know. And they have to. They want to take the decision just right there because of timing. That's that doesn't yeah. work like that. Doesn't no, like that. no. Rush him up, you know, uh, I've been taken down. Uh, I've been moved up, and most of the time, uh, be honest with you guys, I don't like when they they take somebody down to put me up. I don't like it. I hate. I want to cross the wire first. I don't want to cross mm -hmm. the wire. Yeah. But yeah, if there is that, that interference, yeah, you take the winner, but you no must satisfied as when you cross the wire first, right? Correct. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's the difference. And sometimes, you know, 
there is a people on the social media, they are uh, upset with your right, but they're very polite. And I like to give an explanation to the people they are very polite to, to me. Um, obviously, to the people, they are just uh, wishing to me that I died and I broke my spine. And then they, my, my wife yeah. get, my wife get text. I know. You were right. That's unbelievable, Mentioning even my, my kid. So I know. That's the stuff where it's just like, God, like I don't I mean, know who I you think, if you think that's cute or I mean, someone thinks that's like, what I, I know. Always just... say, what I always say is a real gambler will never complain because he knows how the game goes. He lose, he win, he win, he lose, he lose. Up and he down. That's, that's, that's how it goes. It so happens. A real gambler it will happens. never. Yep. Sometimes even the real gambler can question yourself and say, hey, what happened? Why you do? And, you know, if the guy is polite, why don't, would you like to give him an explanation about what happened? You have to even, I mean, my wife knows many times when I come back home, I never watch races I wanted. I watch races, then I lose and I make mistakes. And I, because yep. I want to learn from that. You know? What did I do? Right. Yeah. What did I do wrong? What and could I have done? Should I, have say, I can't stand to you tonight. I mean, like, yeah, go to sleep, on, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so these people, you know, so most of them, they think now oh, I lost three races today. I come back home. I have a beautiful wife, I have a beautiful life. You know, I'm enjoying, no, I'm more peace than the day off and the, the 30 minutes. Then I'm still thinking about it and I could do something better. But and it, I I just things make me laugh to say people just created an account just to insult you because they have no oh, they do. excuse me the branch they have no balls to show them up and just tell yeah. you face to face what they think. I know, and so, you won't hear from those people live in track. It, it, they'll do the person the first person ask for an autograph and say hello too. You yeah, know, so. it can be. <laughs> oh, he's my favorite. Autograph to them for sure. Yeah. yeah so I love. I just I like that. Given the opportunity, you would always be very forthright with your information. So I just, as a gambler, this is something that I've tried to sort of ask be implemented. And I hope in the future we can, because more information is better for everyone, right? If we, if you're able to tell us what happened, we will get a better idea and just get a better sense of you as a rider in talking to you for 15 minutes. Anyone that ever critiqued you, I'm sure would probably feel differently right now, just hearing you and hearing how passionate you are and seeing, look like how you're kind of laughing about, you're like, oh yeah, I don't want to win. Right. I'm not trying. You're, you're one of the most competitive people that I've spoke to in just a few minutes. I can tell. So uh, yesterday no, I was great. just to make you understand, I was playing soccer with my, my, my son, my wife said, let him score. No, I don't let him no. score. No, no, absolutely not. Have. No, All right. no. No. Absolutely. So, so, so go ahead, Brian. Let me so let, just, let me uh <laughs> I just wanna come back on that, that speech of Hong Kong. You know, the, the good the good things they have over there, every single horses race there, they have a report on the horse. So for example, if the horse bled, if the horse was lame, you could you can find this on the page yeah. on the name of the horse. So the gambler knows then if you go and bet that horse. You know what? Where you going to bet? You know that yep. was played two times. Yep. So if the horse bled the third time, it's your problem. You know, it's yep. you. You bet on the bleeding horse. So you no excuses. No more exactly. excuses. So there is no transparency on that. Yeah. So so I've got some tweets here. I'm going to get to in just a second. But one ride in particular, or one instance of this recently. Um, I, I'm sure you watched the Pegasus World Cup, and yeah. you know Joel Joel took a lot of heat for not going with life is good in that race. And mm -hmm. I saw Joel just getting ripped on Twitter afterwards. And, and the thing is, Joel's a hell of a rider. I think we can all agree. Joel can ride a racehorse, right? I can tell you. 
and, and, and Joel, I felt like had Joel had a chance to explain his thoughts in the moment, it would have been so much better and everybody would have, I don't think he would have taken as much heat because you've got to make split, split decisions on thousand pound animals and you know, it's like a quarterback. He goes to the line of scrimmage and he sees a defense he doesn't like, and he's like, "Up, oh, better come out of this play and make an audible." Sometimes you guys have to do that, and I don't think I think people are ready to bash you more than they are. Hey, what were you thinking when you did that? Yeah. Okay, um, I have a two explanations. The first one, if the people thinking that Joel would not go with life is good, the people is crazy because the people didn't realize realize how good the life is good was that day. That's the first thing. He could smash anybody in the world on that day. No chance. Yes. And I was there. I was just right behind him. I was behind him. Okay. I was oh, you were the there then. Yes. I was yeah. there. I was in the paddock. I waved yeah. at you. You didn't even so, see me. I'm, I'm, I'm riding. I'm riding. I'm riding indoors. It was. It was uh, endorsed. It was. It was a long shot. And I feel myself. I was just um, three quarter lengths behind Nick's go. And life is good. Was making his own race. So. Yeah. People criticize Joel for that phrase. It's because obviously Joel is always a top guy. He's a top rider. Yep. He's a top person. Um, and obviously from the top, you're expecting always more, more. Mm -hmm. You want more and you want more. But if for a second, a smart better, a, a smart gambler, you know, watching their race, what are you going to tell him? You couldn't tell him anything because... Is one horse show, which is the horse in front, is yep. right, is running by himself. I read don't even have to touch his hands, the horse is just running. Nick's goal was coming from a tough Breeders' Cup classic after probably a month and a half. Which yep. horse can make as a, Brad Cock is is one of the top trainers we have right now, and he would be one of the top, top trainers for the following 40 years. Horse can run the race flat, but it's, obviously, like in the soccer in Italy, the first things they blame is the coach because you don't know how to make the team work. The team, and the lineup, racing, right? He, the first one get blamed, it's us, it's the jock. Yep. So, yeah. But the people, people just try to kill Joel for that decision. I can tell you, nobody could go with life is good that day. No, well, one. it's like a no it's a but the fight, right? You you're talking about boxing here. Is why didn't you why didn't you block the punch? You knew it was coming. Go try to block it when someone's that strong and that big, yeah. right? Go stand Look, in front of it. They Gino, can tell was, you what's coming. I was boxing. I was boxing with my coach today, right? After two minutes, I can see that it was coming, and you know, in my mind, just came up and I say, when I watch a boxing fight, and I said the guy knew it, but. The hands are heavy. Doing it different. Stop breathing. <laughs> and for the people outside, it's easy to judge somebody. Try to be three minutes on, on the ring with somebody. Just put a glove on. Go in there on. for, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Just exactly. Just put 18, 18 ounce of gloves on your hands and try to punch yeah. for somebody for three minutes. I bet then anybody in the world, after a minute and a half, they say, I'm done, I'm quit. Your perspective <laughs> will change a little bit. People, people didn't yeah. realize how hard the sports it is. And, yeah. you know, you say, why does guy, they fight every six months every eight months they can't fight every month impossible no it's, impossible. No, it's crazy no, no chances no chances so so i picked out some tweets here that i found and and honestly obviously i didn't use any of the personal ones that went at your family or any 
injury. I thought that was over. No, you wouldn't find that. They send that private. You wouldn't find that. On oh, yeah. Those oh, are bad, okay. right? Yeah. People don't want to. Okay. Will you, you save those for next time if you want to talk about them, if we have you on again? So, so at V. Kenny Claude once said, I think it's time to give Umberto a 25-pound weight allowance until he learns how to ride again. <laughs> now, like... Those, now, those what I love general about this tweet are so what, what funny, about, right? What about thirty pounds? What about what? I know. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, well, and that's what I'm saying. So, what, what, what's so funny about that to me is a twenty-five pounds. There's no way you could make twenty-five pounds. That would be <laughs> ridiculous. And secondly, you've done pretty damn good, Alberto. I don't know what he's watching, but look, you cost um, him a you cost him a two-dollar show bet one day. But you know, I the I don't blame these people because you know the since I came here. Thanks God, I do well. So at the time they see you doing no well, they think they know that you can do. They better know that you don't know how to ride anymore. The expectation. I mean, just for a second, check the horses I'm riding, almost on the dirt. Yeah. Please, just check the horse yeah. I'm riding on the dirt because people say, "Oh, he's just good on the grass." But yeah. uh, I my first great one was the San Anita Derby. It was a dirt. I, I was gonna say we're gonna we're gonna talk about him in in in, yeah. in just a little bit. I, I want to ask you about so, that too. Let's keep, keep, keep going with this tweet. We so, laugh a little bit. Second second one came from at Mario the Snake. And uh, he has a grammatical error. It just says two matters instead of to make matters worse. The Italian reject, in quotes, Umberto Rispoli. Hey, don't get Italian. Uh, come on. <laughs> just sunk his own ass with a stupid ride in the La Jolla at Del Mar. Rispoli <laughs> has done some crappy ass race riding lately. <sighs> You know, then the the words say I should never came down in that race. The words, yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually, I actually, what what was best about that is I saw the the head on right above this tweet, and I'm like, why is he coming down for that? That's yeah. whatever. Anyway, and and so my last one here comes from at Nathan Walder seventy. He can't ride worth a damn. Very weak little boy. Thank goodness I'll be missing his first few months out east. Maybe he will grow some muscle and intelligence while I'm gone. I heard this. I, I read this one. I read okay. This one. <laughs> you know what? You know, I would like this guy to come, if he's back east, to come in front of my door and I show him how weak I am. I know. I was going to say. We'll see. I bet yeah, you will. Uh... Yeah. Uh, we'll do, um, do Berto, that's, that's one thing. That's one thing I love hearing these people at the track and on social media want to fight jockeys and having grown up around the track and knowing all these guys, you are the toughest SOBs on the planet. I would never, I would fight a bouncer before I fought a jockey. I, you know, I, you, sometimes you can be the most muscles guy in the world, but to, to fight somebody, I think you need to be mean. You need to be, Sharp, crazy, crazy, a little bit, gotta, a little crazy. Gotta have a little crazy in you. I'll tell you, as a wrestler, when I when I was growing up and I wrestled, my dad wrestled. The guys that you're the most scared of when you're wrestling, they're not the big muscly guys. They're the longer, kind of lanky guys, you know, because mm -hmm. they have size on you, they've mm -hmm. got reach on you, and they're a little deceiving. You're not quite as scared of them, you know. And then those are the ones that, uh, yeah, that they'll, they'll kind of get you. So, but really as I said, support. I said, you know, the the other day was funny because. Um, I, I, I answered one tweet and I said to the guy, I say, he was, I don't know, probably won't try to teach me how to ride. And I say, look, I said, I give you a chance to come to Santa Anita, show off your face. Okay. Yeah. 
And please, I say, I want you to come and face to face to me, you explain me how to write it. Show me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, eat a no. bite to me with the things of laughing. So, yeah. I will tell you. Put your money it, where your mouth is, folks, right? Exactly. Like, it, it, that's all. Uh, I'm actually not going to say this writer's name, but I had a little uh, incident with a writer on Twitter. Um, and, and I wasn't criticizing his ride or anything, but he, he was riding up north, um, similar to where you're going. And uh, he claimed an objection on IRAD, and IRAD beat his horse by 10 lengths. Uh, he ran second. The, the incident clearly didn't affect the outcome of the race. And uh, I just put on Twitter that, uh, you know, it's a joke that he filed an objection. Uh, now, now think about this. After this race is over, he's got to ride the next race. He goes, sees my tweet that, hey, I didn't even tag him in. I just used his name. And got my phone number from somebody he knew that knew me and called me cussing me out. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to fight you. I'm not dogging your ride. But when your horse loses by 10, stop it, dude. You're just embarrassing yourself. Um, we've had, yeah, I was going to say, I've had TVG through the years and I was there. I've had some fun interactions. We're all gamblers. We're all invested. We're all, we get those emotions running. The, like I said, the blood gets boiling. And uh, we, yeah, we've been having a, a fun conversation here with Umberto. So if you weren't a jockey, what would you be doing? What do you think you would be doing if you weren't riding horses? Um... As I said, I love soccer, but I would I would never make it as professional for sure. Uh, but but you but that's so and that was kind of another one of my questions too. So, sports wise, right? You're a big. Do you still follow uh, a lot? Do you have a, teams that you happily? Yes. Awesome. There we go. Awesome. So that's that's happily. Awesome. I, I played growing up, coached, uh, played in high school, and got to the point where I would have maybe played in college. I had some back problems, so I didn't get the chance to. But um, so how about movies, TV shows, anything that you're into music right now, anything that you and the family are on. So I'm, I'm sure you probably got to watch some, uh, some kids movies and kids stuff nowadays too. Right. Well, probably the last uh, serious movies, uh, you know, um, the nicest one I watched was, uh, La Casa de Papel, you know, was, okay. the, um, so, the, um, I don't know how it is M money waste money. What's the name on, in English? Uh, uh i don't yeah. remember how it's in english um i think it's money haste money heist. Oh, money heist money heist money heist yes yeah cool cool yeah that was good that's a good movie awesome. that's uh, and, uh you know i think it's um it's it was it was pretty pretty nice uh nice series but right now i'm on a drive to survive you know for the f1 yeah oh that i yeah. love that yeah he was a big i was gonna say Pino i love, love f1 yeah, he's a big, I love F one too. So um, I, I can see a, you as a driver. Yeah, you got that intensity too to you for I, sure. I, like I can. And I they're little guys. Yeah, I'm, I was pretty good at the karting when I was a kid. Actually, I was very very uh, good at karting. Nice. So, um, awesome. Okay, well we're checking checking them off the list one by one. Now we were just starting to get into it. Uh, we were talking a little bit about Rock Your World, but you've been all around the world. You've been in all these different places. Let's kind of go through some of those horses that are awesome that you've been on, that are important, that are meaningful. So Rocky World was one that you came out here, you win a grade one on the dirt here, but then there's the story of what happens afterwards. 
you don't get the opportunity to continue along with him and, and go to the Kentucky Derby. So, I mean, everyone's <laughs> talked about it. They've asked you what I'm we see Brian. watching Brian's face. I know. We see Brian. Just tell us what's going through. You know, that, that, I wonder what it must be like for you. Probably so many mixed emotions when you think about that horse because so so many highs, but then also the lows at the same time. Umberto, before you even, I, I just have to give a little backstory here. I had you on that horse that day in the Santa Anita Derby. That horse okay. was a monster. And when I saw that they were yanking you off of that horse for the Kentucky Derby, I cried for you. Like <laughs> I was so angry. I, I can't. It, I can't. I can't. I was so angry for you. You gave that horse the perfect ride. You never did anything wrong. There was absolutely no reason for you not to be on that horse that day. I bet the horse anyway. Obviously, we know what happened. And you know, I'm like sorry, you said, I'm you sorry. Know it crushed. It crushed me knowing that it probably crushed you. And you know, it's business, but we're all human, right? We're not robots. We're gonna feel those things no matter what. And as much as we want to tell yourself it's business, it's good you had to be devastated after probably being so ecstatic. Well, you know, um, I actually knew that that horse was going to run the Kentucky Derby before he won his maiden on the grass with Joel. <laughs> um, because, as I said, I think Ron Anderson is probably the best agent I have worked with. And he tells me that day then Joel won the maiden before that day. He goes, he said, this horse is going to go to the Kentucky Derby. You see how this horse could, could, he, how, how could, how good he could be. But obviously, Joel at the time, he wasn't hot or Charlie because he wants the Louisiana Derby. So yeah. he was thinking probably then I couldn't, um, uh, I couldn't keep them out. So um, I won the Pasadena. Then um, they decided to try me in on a dirt. And uh, that day was probably the, one of the two times then he gets out of the gate pretty well and i don't want to be too much but i think he gets out of the gate well just with me yeah. um uh that day everybody as as brian said i think he, he was a monster that day was too tough to beat and and it's one of the beautiful looking horses i've ridden in my career so i oh you know when you know you came off the race and you feel the connections around going to make ready yourself is going to be your first Kentucky Derby mount. Uh, so you start to get excited, but you know, that's is something even down the lane that teaches you to don't put all the wishes, you know, in because the things can change, you know? And I remember when this happened, I actually was a feeling, you know, I got that feeling because I remember Scott, my agent say, I, I asked him, I said, Scotty, did the, did, did Sadler confirm you the right? And he goes, no. I say, well, better we just make sure then, you know, yeah. everything goes smooth to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And I had a conversation with another another owner, which I can tell, I can say the, the, the name, but he say, I will, instead of you, he say, Umberto, I will be worried because I think they're going to try to talk. Because Rosario's going to take your mouth. So the guy opened my eyes. Yeah, the guy opened my eyes that night. So I called my I got it. Scully the day after when he went and questioned Sadler, uh, he said, "John, are we good for uh, for the Derby?" Oh, I don't know. So when and you're like, immediately you're like, you're like uh -oh. already, "You already gone. You don't. Yeah, you gone." Yeah. So what happened? I said to Scully, "I said, listen, 
I don't want to wait that they're going to say, oh, we can't have Joel. Because the target was Joel Rosario, and I knew it. Yeah. Right? So I, I tell him, I say, let's, let's move it on. Let's, let's try to find something else. I say, I'm just yeah. the winner of the Sanani, that there'll be probably somebody. I we'll say, want you some, on their some, horse. Some trainers would like to put me on the horses. You know, I say, just Absolutely. try to. I say, uh, because there is a, a jockey in the jockey room always tell me. <laughs> I, I can't say, guys, it's, it's a bad word. Okay. F them before they F you. So, right? No, you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're so right. So I was thinking, I was thinking that way, but at the same time, I say, well, if those horses going to run the Kentucky Derby and they're going to put me on, I think it's going to be the favorite. But at the same time, I don't want to be on the bench when he crossed the line first. I want to try to play my chances as well. Yeah. So... At the end, uh, they was waiting for concert tour going into after the Rebel, and then he ran uh, the uh, uh, Oakland. Uh, they ran the Arkansas Derby. Didn't run any good, and then no. after they didn't run any good, I said to myself, "I said Rosario's gonna hand up, yeah, or rock your world." So Pratt was giving the call away on um, after Charlie, and I told my agent, "I said we're waiting too long." See, we're going, we're going to lose everything, everything possible. So, end of the story, they took me off. And I I swear, I I take it really bad. I take really bad for a couple of days. I take it bad because it was actually last year when happened the problem with the Saudi. Then I couldn't go and ride with the Saudi cars. Well oh, because they yes. took me off the plane. The, uh, the travel I stuff. I can believe yeah. that every time I have a big chance, something has to happen. So, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah. Not me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, man. So wow. I, say, I can't believe it. I say I was do, doing well, and then something has to come up. But everything I say to myself, I say, you know what? You know, people, journalists, um, trying to punching, you know, like making making me say something. So I say I don't want to talk about anything. Just want to take it like that. I say the track we give the the, the answer you guys wanted. I say, don't call me for any interview because you like to put tools uh, on fires, just like to make things. You know. I say, I personally thinking then do right what they do. I don't know. I mean, John Sadler takes blame and say it was his decision because he had very good relationship with Rosario and. Assume that it was his move, so I take it that pretty well because it was fair. Then he, I mean, he, yeah, he, he admitted then it was the guy who was taking me off. Obviously, at the same time, I didn't agree because I didn't do anything wrong. Sure, uh, but that, that's how it goes. So I find out uh, I was lucky to find uh, uh, Danny Velasquez and then and his owners, uh, Mark uh, Schwartzman. Then they put me on uh, on Brooklyn Strong. It was Brooklyn my first Strong. Derby at my beautiful experience it was a very nice weekend for me in in Kingland uh, in uh, in uh, Churchill down but I, I can I can guarantee you guys then when I was walking to the gate my thought was to obviously give me the best I could and with my horse but for a second pops in my mind and you know looking at the crowd and saying to myself do you believe it that that horse just can beat you in the Kentucky Derby like yeah that's can no. That's that's what happened. That's can. I know, I so, know. You know that's after racing going like that. I mean, the horse uh, Joel came out of the gate. He was already doesn't have the iron because I 
can tell you guys, he was bad in the gate. That horse was really bad in the gate. But that's something that I never say to anybody. And that's, I just a spoiler to you for the first time. Thank you. Yeah. I nice. remember on Tuesday of the, 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 the weekend Tuesday of the Kentucky Derby, we had raising Churchill. I'm riding the horse for Michael McCarthy in the maiden called the, There Goes Harvard. And we start from a mile and a quarter Derby distance. And we using the gate of the Kentucky Derby. To test it out, right? They were testing it. So I'm walking to the gate. And the, the gate are very tight. Like to fill it up mm -hmm. with many horses, they make the gate longer and tighter. So yep. a big horse like Rocky Ford, already, which is not that good, put him in that tight gate, he wouldn't take it back. So I rode the race, I got beat. In um, night, I, I was on the phone with my wife, and I say, I tell you something. She said, what? I say, I can bet anybody in the world then rock your world is not going to come out of the gate on the Kentucky Derby. Wow. I say, I Wish you could have told me. One, I say, that horse, we never came out of this type of gate from the Kentucky Derby. No chances. I say, we, ne and, we not fit into the gate. And I say, something's going to happen at the gate. And you can't like say that because you're going to come off bitter, right? It'll come off like you're someone that's like willing that and hoping for it to happen. Absolutely. But you know the horses and you know the, the situation person, the only person, and you could sense it. The only two person they knew it, it was my wife and it was Pratt because Flavin is a good friend of mine and yeah. we share opinions. So yeah. I tell him, I say, listen, I say, I know you got a better chance. You have a better chance than I in the Kentucky Derby. I said, don't worry about the other one. He's not going to come out of the gate. He said, what do you mean? I say, he's, gonna, he's not going to come out of the gate. I tell you, something's going to happen. The gates are too tight for him. That's what happened. Wow. That's what happened. I, that may be the greatest piece of knowledge we've ever had on the show. Good, great information here from Umberto. Um, Umberto, we, uh, we've been so lucky. We have a few more questions we want to ask you before we, uh, we uh, let you go here. So, I mean, you've been all over the place. What is your favorite track or maybe a couple of the, the, the most memorable racetracks that you've ridden at? I've been lucky to be, as you said, in a lot of places. Uh, my favorite track, they are Ascot and Longchamp. Uh, because I think it's, it's, it's a place where you uh, run a classic races. Um, Lone Champ is the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe is one of the most excited races. And I had the chances to read it once. And I wish to win one day, keep dreaming about it. But um, And Ascot, I have the chance to, to, to ride on the Royal Ascot Day and on the Champion Stakes Days. Wow. Um, I think they are... The atmosphere, you know, the, the crowd, the environment and everything, all the, you you feel that pressure, then you could cut with a knife, you know, as much as pressure there is. But that's what you want, you know, that's that adrenaline. Then That's why you, you know, do this. Exactly. You know, you just, even when you make the parade just in front of the grandstand and you watch it that, I mean, that's the best memories you have in your life, for sure. Yeah. For sure. That's the, that's, that's awesome. the, the two my favorite track, and I'm I'm so excited about Belmont because Belmont to me is builded like an, an European track, you know, going mm -hmm. left-handed. But yep, I'm I'm so excited to have my first rides at Belmont for sure. Do you when, you when you're over there at ask it and 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 riding? Do you how bad do you want to beat Frankie? Oh, so bad. He was my idol. <laughs> so bad. He's my idol. 
is my idol. <laughs> uh, you know, every every kids grow up, then you have a uh, Frankie Dottori as a as a god of horse racing. God, when, uh, yeah, when I, I say that, there is there is other there is other thousands and thousands good riders with different skills. Most of yeah. the riders then they never get so much credit for what they have done. Uh, my father-in-law is a legend in Hong Kong. He's a legend in France, and you know I used to even watching him. Then when I was kid, he was one of my idols. I end up to marry his daughter. So you know there is a there is a nice. thousands and thousands of good riders. But obviously, wherever you go, and I think for the next two hundred years, people will remind about Frankie Dottori for sure. Yeah, I, I've never been at the same track where he's ever ridden at at, at the day he's riding. Hopefully, Breeders' Cup at Keeneland, I can see you and Frankie there and say hi. So if well, it was, if you it ever come down, nice to, to me at Keeneland, my my first Breeders' Cup, I almost, <laughs> you almost dropped me off. Yeah, it was, <sighs> got into a little uh, little little scuffle yeah, there. Actually, as I had, the uh, I had the camera on that day, and I get pretty squeezed pretty bad from uh, from him and the outside horses. And I was lucky to stay on the horse. I do I do over I'd say hundred yards with one iron and try to get back on the other one and. I'll say Irad helped me very a lot that day because he could have came down and I was just keep yelling at him. I say, I, why, I, I have only one irons. Help me, help me, help me. So um, finally, I get back my irons and everything went well. But when I come back, uh, I say to Frank, I say, yeah, that was not nice from you. <laughs> so when you aren't or maybe you have an opportunity to have uh, your birthday celebrate you have a cheat meal what's the cheat meal for you what's the go-to food when you don't have to be watching your weight or when you can can let loose for a night pasta italian right gotta be gotta be the pasta gotta be loaded up on the i have a pasta once a week okay good that's because you need your strength you need the strength yeah you need fibers, but at the same time, the pasta, you know, depends which type of pasta you, you eat it, you know, then obviously, you know, making you no fat, but to gain weight, you know. So one of the reasons why we got you on, other than to have this great conversation, was to talk a little bit about Fantac. And I'm going to pull up the uh, the website right now. And we've had a few different riders on. And I love what Fantac is doing because – Anywhere you go, where you're, you know, you're supporting a, a sports team. If you're supporting, uh, like we said, if you're a fan of music, if you're a fan of something, you can wear t-shirts, hat, mem hats, memorabilia to show that support. And uh -huh. now with Fantac, they have the people have the opportunity if they're fans of yours to go out and check out the Umberto Rispoli collection. We've got hats, we've got hoodies, we've got t-shirts, jackets here, we've got cell phone covers and cases. So. Um, tell us a little bit about how this uh, this all happened for you. Well, I think um, you know uh, Cameron has a, a very good idea um, to come up with this uh, to, ma to making the Fantac happen. And um, obviously, you know, um, I, as I as as we everybody see, he gets a lot of riders in the collection. So I think that could be very interesting because you know, as you said, wherever you go, you go football game, baseball game, wherever you go, you find that you know. Uh, you have a gadget, you have a uh, stuff where the people wears. Um, so I think it's very, it's very interesting um, to came up with these ideas. And you know, the only things we wishing then, you know, um, our business, our business growing, uh, obviously, um, is uh, the Fantech will be, uh, uh, we we go, we is going to get bigger um, yep. after you know. Uh, 
uh, as, as I said, you know, more you get a bigger, more you need a, a different organization. Uh, probably for, uh, for the Fantech would be, would be great to make probably try to have a stand on the day of the Kentucky Derby of the British Cup or, absolutely, you know, which, you know, people walk into there, you know, and that's, that's, that's how you're growing, you know, and you make, uh, just like make, at the sports games, right? Any stadium absolutely. that you go to, you absolutely. Know? you know, you know, with the, you know, that is, um, coming up to this big, big, uh, Mount Keeneland, uh, you know, will be would be an idea for Cameron to, to, to try to get a, a stand there and see how it works. I know there is a lot of work behind the scenes because obviously you don't do this from, from the night to the morning, but if you want to grow and get really um, involved in this business, I think you should, uh, you should, you should go for it. You know, you, you just uh, try as best as you can. Yep. I think it's a great idea. And uh, like I was looking at your collection earlier, Lot, lots of white, and I love it. It's very slick, very slick stuff. I'm going to have to get me some. You've earned a fan by in me today, definitely talking. I've got just a couple more questions, Umberto. We'll let you go. go. Right. We've, we've, we, we've taken way too much of your time. Um, first off, and I'm going to butcher this again because, again, it's Italian. The Palio di Siena. <laughs> yeah, okay, the fine. race. Yeah. The yeah, Palio, Palio, okay. Yes. A, have you ever been to it, and is it as awesome as it looks on video? Okay, um, my father tried to make it, and he didn't make the real race, but he makes the trials uh, for it, and uh, he used to, most of his career, start from that type of races. So my dad, he used to do that type of races when he was a kid. Um, I've been there many, many times. I have a lot of friends there, most of the riders, most of the colony of the riders, a friend of mine. Uh, my best mate, uh, he won the Palio on the 2000, uh, we are 22, so it's so two years we're not raising the Palio. Uh, I think it was 2015 or 16, uh, yeah. with the losers, so he fall off at the second turn and the horse won by himself. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think it's guys, uh, I recommend it to go to see the Palio. The Palio is it's, one of the most exciting race. It looks to me like extreme craziness. But you know, Brian, the fact is then the people just know about the race. But if you it's about the communities because like no, each, no, but even each... for the week, if you stay there for all the week, you would say, Wow, what is this? Like for the week, for okay, let's say it start start from the Monday. Okay, let's say the race is on Sunday. Okay, okay. So you start from Monday, and then you have around fifty horses for three days during the night. They call the trials night because they start at four o'clock in the morning. So going okay. around the square, you know, galloping, and then from those horses, the captain of the Contrada, the teams, that's that's the name Contrada. Yeah. They selected 30 horses from these 30 horses they make four um sometimes a five or six races right to okay. choose the best 10 of them yeah then the 10 teams they racing they draw the horses so you can draw no matter what horses you can draw the favorite you can draw the the the, the, the outsider but Okay. There is no favorite in the, in the, in the poly because yeah. everything can happen on the first turn or the second turn, the third turn, you know, everything can happen. 
But from the time then the horses they get to the contrada, you can't approach the horse anymore. It's done. The owner brings the horse there, they give to the team, and the horse is the the horse is the main project of the four days. Is there is a people sleeping to the barn into the box with the horses to make sure that nothing happened. So wow. They take so serious than a couple, yeah. a wife and husband. They could be from two rivals teams. They didn't see each other for four days. And that's <laughs> true. That's true. That's 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 wild. I love it so much, Gino. You think we can get BTV to send us over there for a week? I think we might have to get out there and uh, and you can help us uh, t- show us around and okay. you can tell us what it's all about. Guys, the day you decide to go there, I have a thousand people can look after you over there. So the day you decide you <laughs> want to make a service going down there, no problem. No problem. I mean, Perfect. I want to hang out Perfect. with you one night. We've seen you on Smooth Like Straight, Rock Your World, Red King, Brando the Bartender, Going to Vegas, Closing Remarks, Lighthouse, Maxim Rate, Moraz, Field Pass, Burgoo Alley, Chewing Gum, The Chosen Vron, you were aboard Hit the Road, uh, just some incredible horses that you've been on that you've uh, led into the winner circle. Uh, Umberto, you were so candid with us. We've been so, so lucky. Um, you shared everything we asked, uh, which is, I, this is the, the kind of conversations why we love doing this show is because we've never gotten to hear this side of you. Any, anything that we've heard from you has been maybe right after a race, maybe right before a race, just brief comments. And now we really feel like we know you so much. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. It was so incredible. My pleasure, guys. My pleasure. I had a good Brian, time. Yeah, Brian uh, and I, I know we, we, we've got, you've got a fan in us for sure. So we're very excited for you. We're going to be looking forward to seeing you in the winner's circle over the next few months as you make your move to uh, to the East Coast. So um, thanks again, buddy, and good luck. And we're going to be supporting you over at FanTac. So uh, good luck this all this week and, uh, and moving forward. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. And uh, I wish to don't, uh, to don't upset the, the people with my move to, to the East Coast. Nah, nah, we love you. We're ready to have you over here. That's, Thanks, uh, Thanks Umber- Brian. Umberto Rispoli. Rispoli. No more Rispoli. Rispoli. Come no, on with that, Rispoli. right? Right? Yes, I'll correct everyone. I'll make sure they know. So Gino Nicola Bacola and Rispoli. Anytime I can get another Italian there with me, I'll love it. Brian it will be with me every week with for these Riders Up interviews where you get to get inside the mind of these incredible athletes that we just never get the chance to hear from. And this is one of the smartest dudes you will hear from on a horseback, Umberto Rispoli. Thank you so much. And uh, folks, make sure to give us a follow at BTV Bets.